Welcome to Blades Pod. It is Friday, the third of July. My name is Ben, and I am joined by Andrew. How's things going today, mate? Yeah, a bit rubbish in it, really. <laughs> Just you know, Freeman and flex out. And obviously, it's amazing, isn't it? We've won for the first time in how many days? <laughs> yes. Well, I look this up. Obviously, before we start talking, our first win in a hundred and seventeen days. So, feels good, man. It's been a been a long time. Obviously, yeah. that that is only like what five games since we last won so it's it's mm. hardly a disaster although you know some people uh, uh definitely interpreted interpreted it as a disaster but um you know I, th- I think we can all be kind of forgiven for uh forgetting what that winning feeling does indeed feel like so uh yeah, yeah turns out it's pretty good i'm enjoying that yeah yeah um, i think for instance for me like just little things like I'm, I'm allowed to watch sky sports and match of the day and listen to talk sport again for a bit yeah. because we've won whereas in the last like couple of games i'm like i don't really want to look at any football just forget about it <laughs> yeah it does uh it does definitely lift the mood and yeah i know what you mean i've been uh i've been soaking this one in for uh yeah the last uh well however many hours it is now since mm. uh since full time but i mean you know just just one word for yesterday just beautiful like what a great performance and a fantastic result against you know Spurs obviously have had their having their low having a bit of a low season I think it's something it's a long time since they finished outside the top six um and you know they may not do they may not finish outside the top six this season but they're definitely having one of their worst seasons in recent memory I would say but they're still a very mm. good team and we oh yeah, I mean we looked at that. I'm sure we all looked at that lineup last night from ourselves mm. and Tottenham and thought, God, this is going to be tough. I mean, all the Tottenham fans before, I always have a look at what they're saying on Twitter when the lineups come out, just to see if there's, you know, if, if they're happy with the team and and to see if there's any major players missing that that I've missed myself. They were all delighted, saying, "Oh, they're really attacking psych and really fancy us." And I was like, "Well, oh, this doesn't sound good." Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, yeah, maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but. I did, th- you know, I looked at that Spurs lineup. I was like, oh, sheesh, you know, the back back four. I have like question marks about yeah. pretty much all of it, to be honest. Particularly Eric Dyer, who I think is just not a good central defender at this level at all. Uh, Aurier yeah. is like again pretty pretty below average. I think Ben Davis is yeah. kind of average. But then the front six: Musa Sissoko, Lacelso, Mora, Bergwijn, Son, Kane. Ouch! <laughs> when I saw that, I just yeah. thought, "Oh my god!" And obviously, and I, and I think that showed in the game. Obviously, I mean, obviously we're jumping ahead a bit, but I think that I think they did look dangerous, especially when we were attacking. The the, the, the speed that they broke out just shows you what they could do. Um, they, what let Tottenham down yesterday for me were quite easily the defence more than anything else. Yeah, that definitely was was most decisive. Although I, I think they didn't have much. Again, we are skipping ahead a little bit, but yeah, they really lacked some. I don't know a bit of structure about how they were attacking. Mm-hmm. I think, and yeah. it, it was almost too many, too many talented players in a weird way. You know, too many individuals, and not really the kind of uh, yes, well, not the structured play that we have that gets them in. But no, but there weren't very many moments where I thought. Oh. I mean, first half, to be fair, I think it were pretty even. Uh, I thought they had a couple of good chances and a couple of bad passes from them uh, in good areas. But for the second half, I. Was Fairly comfortable, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Certainly when we went 2-0 up, I was just like, I don't really... Yeah. It's going to take something pretty dramatic for us not to win from here, to be honest, just because the flow of the game has been very much us just easily keeping them, uh, keeping them away from our box. Um, I mean, then, you know, you look at the subs bench as well. I mean, 
the con that is just where the contrast is huge. I mean, we only named we're only able to name seven subs yesterday with yeah. um, Fleck and Freeman both uh, both injured and obviously Lundstrom. Just on that subject, before you carry on, mm-hmm. um, people are saying why is there no youth team players on the bench? Uh, Bolt, the great Boltsup, who uh, um, uh, obviously head of the carrier bag firm, I believe. Um, Indeed. Yeah, he he mentioned that it could possibly be due to the COVID tests. If the younger players have not been having the COVID tests every three days or whatever, um, yeah. because they're not included, they're not expected to be in the first team squad, they're not allowed to be on the bench. It could be that. I mean, obviously it's just supposing, but that you because you would have thought that we would have just filled the bench up with Norrington Davis or Slater or someone just to have them there. But I wonder if that is the case. Yeah, I think. Um... So I think with uh, unless the rules have changed a bit, I think some of the players that have been out on loan at other clubs are technically technically still on loan. So oh, is that right? I wasn't sure. Think yeah. So so like Norrington Davis and uh, Smith and Tyler Smith. I don't know if they're actually eligible to play for uh-huh. us yet, uh, and yeah. I don't and I don't know what the cut off point is there. If it's, I mean, I would have thought it'd been the end of June, but I'm not actually sure whether it actually runs to end of the. Mm. Well, and if the younger players not had the test, which why yeah. would they? You know, if 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 the Freeman and Fleck injuries were last minute, then why would they have had tests if they're not in the first team squad? You know. Yeah, indeed. But yeah, if you you know just to return to the benches, I mean, you know, we we do have some impactful players on there. Sharp, Moose, uh, Jack Elk has obviously subbed in and done a decent mm. enough job a couple of times. But then we've got players like uh, you know Jack Rodwell, who's you know set for release. I think Zivkovic, we're not picking up his contract, are we? Uh, at the end of this season, uh, Kieran Freeman. Well, he said Wilder. Wilder said that he's still up in the air, but I don't see it personally. Yeah, Kieran Freeman obviously set for release as well as it stands. And then you contrast that with Spurs' bench, and I think uh, I think Mourinho himself had said it, and it's like a you know a lot of riches on his bench. You know, Alderweireld, Vertonghen, Harry Winks is this like highly thought of English playmaker. Lamella is yeah. a classy player, you know. Whether he, how impactful he is is like up for debate, I suppose. Deli Ali and Dombele was like fifty million in last summer yeah. and stuff like this. Yeah. This before kickoff, I don't say I feared the worst, but I was like, this feels like a game where, you know, we we basically look like we did against Arsenal. You know, we work hard, yeah. but ultimately Spurs can bring on five players who would absolutely stroll into our first eleven. And their extra class and their extra attacking ability will will tell them they'll end up winning the game, but. Oh, that was not the case at all. Mm. Um, did you hear Wilder's interview before the match? I don't know if I did actually know. What, what was that? Really bullish interview, to be fair. Sort of, they were saying, oh, you've got a lot of injuries and stuff. Yeah, but, you know, so what? We've got to get on with it. And, mm. you know, it was quite, I, I felt a lot more confident listening to his interview before the match because it was just like, I mean, he was just basically saying, I know these lads are going to give it a go. But I didn't like listening to the interview and thought we're definitely going to win. But I liked how it wasn't sort of, well, yeah, we're going to be struggling. You're like Warnock would have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sort of defeated before you started. He was really quite bullish, which were which were excellent, I thought. Yeah, and the uh, you know the players that have come in have uh, have absolutely stepped up to the plate. You know, I mean, I include uh, Sander Berger in that because obviously, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was he was left out of the team for for Arsenal in uh, instead of Lundstrom, and he's come back yeah. into it due to injury. Jack Robinson's done really, really well, I think, since he's come in. And, uh, yeah, Ben Osborne, we're definitely going to talk about in some detail getting his um, his first start. But, I mean, that's, yeah. that is another thing, isn't it? I mean, this is... Sorry, actually, let me let me put this to you now, because uh, I think all of this factors into... All what we've just discussed factors into this question. Is this our best performance of the season? The entire season, not just I the results? I thought about this. I think under the circumstances, it can definitely be said of that. I don't think it were quite as controlled as Burnley at home, for instance, mm. where... 
I think on another day we win that six one or something like that. We had enough chances. Good point. Uh, I think Tot- I don't think it was that far away from Tottenham away, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I thought that were a really good performance. We just did, either didn't take his chances or we, you know, obviously hit a post and stuff like that. And uh, obviously McGoldrick's goal we all know about. Uh, I, I think under the circumstances, it's it's the most sort of rewarding. I think rather than rather than best. I think we've played better, but I think. I don't think we could have asked for any more. I think that was the peak that team could have put in that we had out. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I, yeah, this is like you know you can definitely argue multiple directions on this one. It's definitely in my, I think in my top two. That that Burnley one was was probably peak. I think. I mean, but then you could say, well, Man United, you know, the level of quality that we played against them. But obviously, we yeah. had we had ten minutes off in that game and got absolutely burnt in it. This. I think Man United is the best we've played in in patches. Well, not even patches, the majority. But mm. I don't think you can say that simply because of the three goals that we conceded. In, and we obviously didn't win the game. But yeah. I think we look a classy team against Man United. I think yesterday we looked a, a more solid outfit and a more more Sheffield United. That was just complete United from before lockdown, weren't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the case I would make if you if you're on the side of our, being our best performance. I mean. We're missing Fleck and O'Connell, who, as we've said, who I've said before, you know, I firmly believe they're two of our three most important players. Missing Lundstrom, who, as I said, had become, he'd essentially become the first choice again in that position. Uh, yeah. we, we weren't just down to, you know, with Fleck out, it wasn't like, okay, the second choice player, Luke Freeman, comes in. He was injured, so Ben Osborne, who, mm-hmm. you know, I, I remember it, uh, I remember when he signed Osborne, there was, I think Wilder sort of mentioned as a bit of an afterthought almost, like, you know, it's to give a bit of competition to Fleck, but. He was very much signed as a left wing back. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, backup. I so did he, did agree. With, I saw some people complaining at the beginning before the game, saying, "Why are we playing a left wing back or a left back at midfield?" Realistically, that's his Osborne's position for the most of his career. But as mm-hmm. you say, we were definitely trying to mould him into that Ender Stevens role, weren't we? Yeah, I mean, he's you know, just with all respect to him, he, he was. Our, I would say he's our third choice at that position. Mm. Um, only yeah. able to name seven subs. We're coming off the back of three poor league performances. Played four games in ten days. Spurs have had a nine-day gap, and we've only had a three-day gap. I think that's. I think yeah. you can make a strong case. Yeah, uh, you know, and obviously playing behind closed doors and all this, it was magnificent. And mm-hmm. I, I think the thing I, yeah. you know, really liked about it was um, it, it was both good from attack and defense. I think you know, just we looked so disciplined when yeah. we didn't have the ball, and we broke so well when we did have it and then we scored three really nice goals as well so yeah I, I think that's what pleased me most the defensive side of it because that's where we've looked a bit dodgy even against Arsenal we, we weren't you know mm. what we have been and I think that was, that what really pleased me is that the organisation were back people knowing the roles Robinson's been really really good on an individual sense but I felt it were a better team performance from Robinson if that makes sense I think he He's getting to grips with what what's needed, when to go forward and all. I think he got forward a lot more than he, than he has been, um, and and uh, Egan's just back to his best again. I think uh, in the past couple of games. Yeah, Egan was uh, Egan was absolutely immense in this game. Yeah. I thought, yeah, such a such a huge difference having him back. Um, and and you know, yeah, I mean, like the first two games, you were really poor, Egan, and mm. again, you don't know how much is rustiness. There's no preseason and all this sort. And we said that we've been saying this all the way through, haven't we? Um, that you, I think it's hard to tell when you're coming back and that. But I think Egan's last two performances have been proper Egan, and that makes a huge difference. Yeah, I don't know. No, I'm not ready to give ourselves a pat on the back for having more patience than than some people <laughs> just yet. But I, I will. We'll just... lose the next six if you do that. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. That's what I was thinking. But I mean. 
in all seriousness, no, this that is is why I wasn't too down about losing to Arsenal because the performance was getting there. You know, yeah, it, it was pretty obvious that the match fitness was coming back, the confidence to, uh, you know, play our way was coming back, defensive solidity was getting there, and yeah, you can now see that you saw that right across the team yesterday, even with those key players missing. So yeah, it's just um, just a, a, a fantastic win for us. I was you know properly buzzing afterwards. Um, and still am now. Um, one other thing before we get onto the game, actually, that win takes us to 47 points, which is 20 points clear of relegation with six games to play. And you can only get 18 points from six games. So, ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We are a Premier League team for the foreseeable future. We're not finishing bottom. We're not even finishing in the relegation zone. Are you sure? Are you sure about this? <laughs> I have we need like 55 points or something like that. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we, we at the end of the season, we might have to do a bit of a special episode on where uh, where all the media said that we were going to finish because there was some uh, there was some juicy ones we'll need to bottom. return to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, also we'll get into that time, but obviously, I mean, you know, logically, I understand why people thought we would go down. Uh, newly promoted side didn't really spend that much in terms of what other teams like Villa, for instance, spent. But I just thought it was just lazy predictions, weren't it? Again, and we proved them wrong, and that's and that's another added, you know, another sort of almost like the cherry on the cake, isn't it? Proving yeah. everyone wrong again. For sure. Um, in a more, uh, I mean, you know, you and I have been convinced we're staying up since like christmas i think or thereabouts like i've certainly been very confident that we're more than good enough to finish in like mid-table at least um but in all in a sort of more uh current events i suppose we are back up to seventh with that win which is very nice indeed Mm. we uh we leapfrog spurs and arsenal as well um you know there's now a five point gap to the top six which is very unlikely to be bridged, I think, given fixtures and the number of games remaining. But yeah, seventh best team in the Premier League after um, after 32 games is very, very nice. And uh, yeah, little uh, hat tip to Paul Costello on Twitter sent me this. 47 points, what we have, would have been enough to finish ninth two seasons ago. Wow. It's pretty wild, though, isn't it? Six that is, because it, I mean, a lot of people are saying it's a weaker Prem this year and stuff, which, you know, I mean, there are a lot of big sides we've not done as well in terms of Spurs and Arsenal. That does surprise me, actually. Yeah, and uh, obviously we've got six games to uh, try and improve on that tally and see how far up the league we can go. So, mm-hmm. yeah, very, very good indeed. Very nicely uh, nicely sat. Let's, um, let's talk about the game generally then. I mean, I just... Uh, I mean, it just felt so much like a proper Sheffield United performance, yeah. like right from the first minute. I mean, we win the ball, like there's that one where we win it, a ball that wins it on the halfway line pretty much, and there's that you know, really fast bit of interplay down the right, and then he, it ends with ball, you know, shooting a pretty tame shot straight at the keeper, but it's just yeah. signs like that that make you think, like, it's coming yeah. back, you know, we look, we're getting back to normal. I yeah. thought it was so, in, so encouraging. And then, um, yeah, Berger's first goal arrives, which is... A surprise goal scorer, really, because you know he's he's not he's not been a regular scorer through his career. He's not someone. Is it his gonna... first shot for us? That uh, it's his first shot on target. I think they said. I'm pretty sure he's had a couple of. I don't know. I can't remember any actually off the top of my head. I can't think of any, but yeah. Yeah, well, that might say it all, I suppose. <laughs> they weren't very memorable. I mean, but yeah, he's, you know, Berger chips in with a, an assist and a goal, and it, that's not not really his game or how he's been used up to now. So. That's pretty encouraging, like slotting into that unfamiliar position again on the right that he had such a big impact on the game. But mm. this first goal was beautiful, wasn't it? I mean, they all were really. But you know, Ender Stevens dips inside. It goes to Berger, to Baldock, to Basham. 
back to Berger, who takes that one touch and then just drills it into the far corner. I mean, and that's all from open play as well. And you know, with it's the a ball... typical United goal. Like, I love that yeah. goal. Bash him overlapping. You know, I mean, that, that's where the the that, that's United, isn't it? That is proper. We're back. We had about fifty thousand people in the area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it, were, it were really positive play and a fantastic finish as well. I mean, Sooner says he scuffed it, but nah. So it was a hell of a sc- I'd love to see how hard he hits it when he uh, gets know, a proper yeah. contact. Yeah. Absolutely drilled it in. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you said though with all the players in the box. Yeah, seven players in the box, and it's it's the kind of players that they are as well. You know, there's obviously both strikers, but then you've got both wing backs, mm. two midfielders, and the centre back as well. And you know, four of them are in like uh, in a great position for the cutback. Obviously, Ber- I mean, Berger essentially intercepts it from Baldock doesn't he I think was yeah, yeah, running yeah. onto it to smash it in but then you've also got Stevens and Osborne basically you know lurking in that like prime goal scoring position and like basically on the on the uh, penalty spot and then the two strikers are in the six yard box for a I was going to say I mean I, this, I was going to say even if it's going a bit wide McGoldrick taps it in but it's McGoldrick so maybe not but <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe not but yeah you're right it's such a it's just such a Sheffield United goal and you know we haven't really seen much um much of the centre backs getting forward since yeah. the resumption, so yeah, it's uh, it's beautiful to see. That's the thing that you know everybody bangs on about us doing and you know, saying, oh, we don't do this anymore and we've gone too defensive and stuff like that. Well, just watch that goal basically yeah. against a against a team that we knew were a big counter attacking threat. You know, all those individual players with you yeah. know a lot of pace and explosiveness, and we we're still willing to commit all those players forward and do that. So yeah. yeah. Absolutely lovely goal. Great for Berger to get his first goal as well, I thought. And um, yeah, I loved. Uh, I just love the reaction. You know, it's, it's kind of sad there was no fans there, I guess. But yeah, it, I, I thought that actually when he slid, like runs towards the side, then and yeah, um, but it didn't seem to dampen his enthusiasm anyway. And uh, no, yeah, I thought. I saw someone get... tweet actually. I don't know who, who he supported. And he said, "Disgusting from Sheffield United." Uh, Soon, whenever they score, they're all hugging, not not adhering to social distancing. I thought you were joking, but then someone puts it, and it would have been deadly serious. So. <laughs> Amazing! Wow, I mean, oh, yeah. Dear. I thought I didn't think McBurney was going to like uh, snap a bone in his neck or something like when he <laughs> jumped on him from behind. But I love that, you know. I, you know, yeah. clearly, I don't know. I don't know if they felt like there's been a bit of criticism. Mean, it's just been hard for Berger, you know, coming to mm. um, new country and then obviously <laughs> the entire world going into lockdown pretty much football being yeah. paused and all this I imagine he's living on his own or, or, or you know he's certainly not seeing the, the majority of his family or anything like that is he so yeah and you know I'm not uh, I'm obviously I'm not going to swing too far the other way into like he's suddenly incredible but you know you can't deny that the last two appearances from him have been extremely good and I'm sure mm. will I'm sure his name will pop up several more times during this for sure yeah um we should say that Spurs replied instantly, and this is obviously a very big talking point for, well, certainly for Spurs fans, and it seems the media at large, uh, somewhat surprisingly to me, like, I'm confused The worst by this. decision ever in football, well, at least for two weeks. <laughs> I almost had to turn my TV off, I couldn't believe, I could not believe what I was hearing. I mean, this is, so I have actually watched United very few times on... Uh, should we say, legitimate broadcasting outlets this season. Because I've either been at the game or uh, it's been on a uh, a non-UK channel, should we say. Mm. And, and so I've, I've not really seen much, like, in-the-moment analysis of yeah. United. And it's just like, what? this is infuriating. I mean, 
you know, down to uh, you know Andy Hinchcliffe never uh, never shutting up about Spurs' bad defending and uh, you know very much. I think overstating how dangerous Spurs were looking throughout the game, but yeah, yeah. Well, let me get to let me get to the reaction to this goal. Let me just lay it out what actually happened. So, Spurs basically kick off. It gets played forward towards Kane, who flicks it on to. It breaks to Mora, who I think was probably their most dangerous player. I'm about but it, to say that actually, yeah, I thought he was their best player. Yeah, I really like him. I think he's yeah. excellent. Um, I like watching him as well, just in terms of. It's a little bit like a kid in the playground type football. Yeah, you know, just, they um, took him off, didn't they? Which was surprising. Yeah, I'm always happy when uh, yeah. when somebody takes off their, their best player. <laughs> um, but yeah, what I mean by that is, he's like, you know, the ball sort of stuck to his feet and he's like just bundling through challenges. You almost don't know how he's done it. And that's kind mm. of what he did here. He does get clipped uh, and he falls down. We Robinson, I think it's Egan, isn't it? Comes in and whacks yeah. the ball yeah. against him. It ricochets to Kane, who ducks inside Basham. Completely mishits his shot, wrong foot's Henderson, and it just creeps into the net. And oh, it's just another toilet <laughs> anecdote. Uh, <laughs> I was there. Uh, I was at the toilet. <laughs> we scored. I thought this will be safe. I was gonna. I, I had to hold a. Uh, yeah, I had to hold it in for the entire second half because I thought it was bad luck if I'd gone up. Cause, but yeah, I went up and I just heard some groans from downstairs from people are watching it. With. It's like, oh, I'm like, surely not. I looked on like, oh my god. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, you're never more dangerous than when you've scored a goal. And there's never you more go. dangerous when I'm going for going to the toilet. Yeah, there you are running <laughs> off, uh, running off for a toilet break. Um, I mean, I was just like head in my hands, like I can't believe, I can't believe that's happened. Not in terms of, not in terms of I can't believe we've conceded immediately. Just like the one in a thousand ricochet off um, off Mora to go to Kane. I mean, there's no other player anyway. It could go in any of the other 360 degrees basically <laughs> and it wouldn't have gone yeah. to Kane and obviously Kane then it's going to yeah. be a skill to wrong foot Bashman but then he completely mishits his shot like if he yeah. gets a proper contact Henderson might save it but he just bamboozles him by just an awful finish so yeah I was like heading my hands of, but... the first of four Harry Kane goals <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know we got quite lucky really didn't we yeah. um, I mean you obviously were, were not Present for the goal live, but I had absolutely um, no sense that an offence had been. Oh no! Whatsoever. I came back down and everyone was saying yeah, one one, and then um, we were sort of like I was a bit deflated. But he was going through a VAR check, and I thought, well, why? Yeah, well, <laughs> I've, I've seen three seen... replays of it, and it obviously there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, and then when first... he went down, I'm like, is that handball? I still can't work out. I mean, it is, it is an handball, but yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, because at uh, first I thought, oh, maybe it's just ricocheted off. Uh, or maybe Kane was in an offside position. It's just mm. such a such a weird set of like physics almost for it to yeah. land to his feet. Um, and then I was like, oh, maybe they're checking if he if it's been kicked off his arm. And I, I don't think it was. I think it was like the back. But as he falls, his arm does brush the ball, um, and the angle from the from the cop, like from behind the goal. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like absolutely clear, but it is. You can you can see a slight deflection on the ball. So. Um, yeah. yeah, the you know as we've seen for and against us all season, any handball in the lead up to a goal leads to it being disallowed, and and that was the case here. And you know, did you think they were going to give it when you saw it? Uh, no, but only because I'm paranoid about um, how how <laughs> VAR exactly has say. gone for us this season. You know, you just like if you step the, back. The, it's the like, longer it went on, the more I thought it was going to be disallowed. To be fair, yeah. I mean, if you know when you try and like take your United hat off, it's like that should be disallowed. Like that is handball, and if you're going to be consistent throughout the season, then 
It has to be decided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The law the is ridiculous. I understand the anger completely because the law is ridiculous. If that's gone against us, we're saying, what, how is that? You know, how, what, no, we didn't appeal. No one appealed. Mm. It reminded me a lot of the Lundstrom goal, the McGoldrick goal at their ground in the sense that Tottenham, Tottenham for that goal didn't appeal at all. Everyone was just going back to the centre circle. Same with this goal. No one even thought anything about it. It's Langon. Let's try and disallow this goal. And yeah, I, it did, I mean, I, I mean, I'm delighted. Don't get me wrong, but I, the rule does need to be changed for me. It does. I'm going to disagree slightly with your comparison there because the mm. Lundstrom one, uh, you know, even if you accept that his his big toe was offside, which you know I yeah. do, I'm I'm willing to accept that, even though the, you know, the camera angles that we are privileged to is uh, do not make it particularly clear whatsoever. Yeah. You know, the blurry vision and stuff. Even if you accept that, there was still an element of subjectivity about that decision mm. because. Spurs cleared the ball in that game, and and therefore yeah. it comes down to did it move into a new phase? Therefore, is the Lundstrom is the fact Lundstrom was offside in the build-up? Can you go back and disallow that, etc.? The thing I would say with the handball rule, stupid as it is, and it is stupid. I hate it. Get rid of it immediately. Yeah, it has at least been consistently applied through the season. Yeah. Like I'm uh, sure yeah. there'll be a couple of exceptions where it's like, you know, some fans of some team will be like, well, hang on, there was a that looked like it touched someone on the arm, and they didn't give it, but. Generally, if, if you've seen a decisive view of it touching somebody's hand, it gets disallowed. It doesn't matter whether it like, you know, whether they essentially cradled the ball in their arm or whether it was a, a slight touch in this instance. It has been consistently applied. So mm. I, I don't feel, you know, uh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody did tweet me saying they felt a little bit dirty about this decision. And and I, I don't, not only because we've, you know, been stiffed by quite a few things this season, but also yeah. just because, like, we know what the law is now, and I don't like it, but it I don't feel dirty about it, sim- simply because I, I think we've had the Newcastle goal against us at home, which were ridiculous. We've had the, uh, the obviously, the referee getting away at Man City. Well, I could go from all, you know, and these have all been ludicrous goals, decisions yeah. that have been chalked off or, or given for the opposition. And I'm sorry, but I, I mean, I, there's an argument to say that it's not VAR that's the problem. It's the laws that are the problem. The VAR's just, VAR's just highlighting the, the problems with the law. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, there, there's, and now we could probably talk. Uh, I don't want to dwell on this too much, but I do think it is notable the uh, outcry among the football media of this. And mm-hmm. I, I think it was a bit OTT, to be honest. Um, you know, maybe. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to seem like one of these. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I don't, I don't want to seem like one of these biased football fans, like, oh, everything's a conspiracy against us, they won't go on about it. But the reaction is outrageous, I think. It's slightly baffling. I mean, the thing we uh, touched on a moment ago is Jamie Redknapp at half-time saying it was the worst decision he's ever seen. I'm like, <laughs> mate, it's not even the worst decision I've seen in the last three weeks. Like, how yeah. can you sit there and say that? We had a goal that was literally over the line. And the technology, for some reason, didn't pick it up, even though camera angles show it was very clearly over the line. Like, yeah. I just sat there going, like, how can you say that? Like, it's handball. Like, this is, we've, you know, it's probably not even in, like, the top five worst handball decisions this season. It's just, oh. it's is, it is the law now. I mean, oh, I just, yeah, that and, um, I can't remember what, uh, I can't remember what, um, What's his name? Genus, uh, Genus was saying as well. Yeah. He was he was sort of saying it's one of the worst VAR things he's seen this season. But again, I just thought like I don't know how you can sit there and say that at all. Um, I mean, it's it's stupid. I accept that, and it's it's really unlucky because Mora obviously is tripped and he falls on the ball. You know, there's no it, there's no intention for him to play the ball with his hand yeah. whatsoever. But it is a lot. I mean, that was the thing he was saying. He's saying you know. 
why why don't we apply common sense? It's like whoa, that is <laughs> that is opening a big can of worms there. Yeah, like, yeah, common yeah, sense, yeah. like oh dear. Yeah. Like, but good the luck thing, what annoyed that. me more than anything else is when we had the the ghost goal, or whatever you want to call it, against Villa. Everyone's like, oh, they switched it on now at half time. Don't worry about yeah. it. And even after pundits are going, oh, I wonder if the referee's watchers work in this match. And all of a sudden, it's a massive like everyone's fur- furious about this one, which is nothing like we actually scored a, a legitimate goal, <laughs> and yes. everyone's laughing about it because oh, he didn't switch his watch on, oh, they didn't put this on, ha ha ha. Now this is you know, have I got the law, whatever the rules of the game, whatever. But this was should have been disallowed by the laws of the game, and everyone thinks it's the biggest outrage of all time. I was very confused and somewhat angered for those exact reasons that you have laid out there. Well, don't worry, because Dermot Gallagher is currently on Sky Sports now, so I'm sure he's uh, <laughs> going to be defending our corner. <laughs> yes, I'm sure he will be. Um, I was trying to think if there was anything else to say about that. I mean, obviously, Mourinho was livid. Um, I mean, I understand. It's it's stupid. Yeah. It's incredibly unfortunate. Oh, there is actually one thing to say. Um <clears throat> It probably, apparently, should have been a free kick to Spurs. Yeah. Having made the decision, so Chris Kavanagh, who actually was the uh, the Manchester City referee that you mentioned, that uh, tackled Fleck and set up their opening goal. <laughs> uh, he played advantage with a foul on Mora. Uh, Mora falls on the ball, handballs it. Um, so what should have happened is it had been brought back and a free kick given to Spurs. Yeah. That should have been the outcome, having gone through the VAR process. Um, but they did not do that. Which, uh, yeah, is it? I mean, look, that's not a, you know, it's getting a direct free kick 25 yards out is not the same as getting a penalty. Um, no. So, you know, there's like, I think it's like a one in 15 chance they probably score from the free kick, something like that. So, well, we Harry Kane's free kick, so maybe, maybe not that, to be honest. But... <laughs> yeah, indeed. I enjoyed the one where he sort of, uh, I think he was aiming for my seat, like halfway up well, the top. I, it's just, I, we didn't even have a wall. Like, it's like Sonic Kane. <laughs> I mean, it was just. I mean, obviously, this all stems from the England stuff under Roy Hodgson when he took everything. Oh, has he ever scored a free kick? I'm, I, don't <laughs> I think he probably has. I, I am. There's that free kick he took uh, took against Iceland. Do you remember that? Where it's. Um, oh wow! Yeah. It's like people have sort of dubbed the like Titanic music over it. Yeah. It like, bounces about five times before going. I don't think he's a very good free kick taker. He bounced bang one in against his next season now, but. Mm. I don't know why he's allowed to have every single free kick. He's not like a Christian Eriksen, is he, or anything like that? Hardly. Um, one yeah. decision that... Um, so I've got to say, this is uh, this is one where I, I have more sympathy with Spurs. I think Norwood was pretty lucky to stay on the pitch before half-time. Yeah, definitely. Um, he obviously got a yellow card. I can't, oh, he, he, uh, he, he tripped somebody as he was running past Yeah, him. and I thought that was a good foul, actually. Yeah, same. And then essentially from that free kick, it gets cleared up in the air. Um, and yeah, there's there's definite contact between. He raises his arm as he's like about to contest for uh, yeah. a header with Son, uh, and it, it basically yeah makes contact with the back of Son's head. I think he gets away with that because of the booking came so soon before, and I think the referee probably thought, "Can I give him two bookings in a minute?" <laughs> mm, possibly. I mean. I think it's been blown out of proportion a little bit by Spurs fans. Like, you know, it deliberately elbowed him in the head. I mean, I have a hard time mm. believing that because that's just incredibly stupid that a professional footballer would do that. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, at the same time, I, I don't think would, I would have had any complaints if that had been a second yellow. And, uh, oh, no. and I'd be sat here telling you how stupid Oliver Norwood was in those uh, yeah. 60 it seconds. It was stupid. I don't, I don't know what he's thinking, to be honest. I, I think he's... 
So okay, here's my rose uh, rose tinted spectacles, red and white tinted spectacles. I think he's bracing <laughs> him, he's bracing himself for some physical contact as he goes into jump for the ball essentially, and that's why his arm comes up like. I think he's expecting that to go into Son's back as Son jumps for the ball, and obviously that doesn't happen, and it ends up going into the back of Son's head instead. So yeah, I think that could very easily have been a second yellow. A bit lucky to stay on, but um, yeah, stay on he did, and uh, into the second half we go and. I thought we were magnificent in the second half. I mean, yeah. first half was good, but yeah, just a, a complete, almost a perfect half, I think, this one. I mean, I sent you this before we started recording. Spurs had one shot in the second half, one single shot on goal, and that was yeah. obviously Harry Kane's uh, 90th minute consolation. So that's not shots on target. They had one single shot while they were chasing the game. That's insane. I mean, that is like... I think if you're a Spurs fan, you are tearing your hair out of that. But it it does also speak to how well we defended, like just protecting our penalty area so brilliantly. We went deeper, didn't we? Mm. Um, and, and I think that we're really brave in a way because it's, it's hard, isn't it, to sort of you know sort of take that step back and say, right, come at us. But yeah. I think I think it worked because the only chance of Tottenham were creating. And obviously we had the lead to defend as well. Was from breaks, weren't it? Us pushing forward. That's the only time really Tottenham got clear of our defence in any sort of way. So yeah, I think it was the right tactics to go deeper. And I think we knew we could exploit Dyer and, and the rest of the Spurs defenders at the back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, and I think this is where I come come back to what I was saying earlier about like a bit of lack of pattern in Spurs' play. You know, so they just kept trying to hit like the middle of the pitch like time and time again. And obviously we've got a back three. We've got um, Norwood, Berger, and um, and Osborne, who, who all have good um, good defensive qualities, they're dropping in there. The wing backs were staying back, and it was like, yeah, you, you know, you want to keep trying to play these through balls on, on, you know, onto our D. We've got six players within ten yards of it. Like, we'll just mop that up all day. And you know, the the I, I really think their fullbacks are not as good as our wing backs. You know, Aurier and Ben Davis. Mm-hmm. Like, I would not swap. In a million years for Stevens no, well, and Well, Andy Ensley was saying a big uh, emphasis now on, on Davis and Aria because uh, we were obviously sitting so deep. And I, I don't know, I seem to seem to think that they were pushing us back, which I didn't feel that was the case at all. No, I think it was a, a deliberate choice by yeah. us of, like, you know, just get through us. I mean, you know, we all know about this absurdly good record we have when we're leading at half-time under Wilder. I mean, it's God knows how many games it is now. That is um, insane. I hate it. I hate it every time it's mentioned, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you feel about them saying that Harry Kane were the only Premier League team he's not scored against? I, I someone put that uh, on the S2 forum the, earlier on in the day, and I'm like, don't put that. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't put that. That's just yeah. asking for trouble. And then he obviously he scored, what, four? <laughs> yeah, I know. Realistically, yeah, well, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those dumb stats where obviously he's only played one Premier League game against us. But he has played against us. I look at this We played twice against us in the um, uh, the League Cup semi-final four or five years ago as well. Where he, yeah. I don't know if you remember the home leg. He was atrocious. He missed so many chances. To be honest, I don't think he's at his peak now. I, I think you, you mentioned it as well, didn't you? Uh, you were interested. To see, I think you picked him out, didn't you? Your five players, you were interested to see how they came back. Mm, possibly. I, I can't remember, actually, but... Uh, and I don't think he's quite out of it. I don't think his hold-up play is anywhere near as good as it was before. But he's, he's a goal. I mean, look at that. He, he didn't play well, and he, he got, had the ball in the net four times. You know, that's, yeah. that's what he does, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. It's, I think it's just fitness for him. Like, it's just been yeah. perpetually injured for such a long time and playing yeah. through it. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, obviously from uh, – I like watching him anyway, to be honest, just as a mm. neutral. But obviously from a, an England perspective, I hope he uh, gets back to where he was a couple of years ago. Um 
McGoldrick, I thought, had broken his duck. Did you, when this went into the side netting? Yeah, I, uh, I were all, I were jumping, and then I saw it with McGoldrick and just sat down. <laughs> it's so harsh, I'm going to mess it. But I do, yeah, it, it's, it's just, it's just like become a joke, hasn't it, to be fair? <laughs> it wasn't an easy chance, to be it fair. Wasn't, to it wasn't at all. He's, I don't think he does that much wrong. I mean, he doesn't get good contact on it, and he sort of swings at it a little bit, and you could argue, oh, Billy Sharp would have put it away and stuff, but... Just so close again. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to find where was that. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a, a point oh eight xg chance. So, uh, by the way, Dermot Gallagher has stuck up for us on the um, on the VAR controversy. So, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Why? Why didn't he even bother getting <laughs> getting him it was on? Just like his first fan saying, "Yeah, well, someone's actually put here. What is the point of Dermot Gallagher going on Sky Sports News for ref watch? He never ever disagrees with the referee's decision." <laughs> Probably could end that sentence at what is the point of Dermot Gallagher, to be honest. Um, yeah, but it's right. They should just have like a piece of paper that just says, I agree with the referee, like yeah. just have that stuck to the wall. Yeah, well, spot on decision. Uh, and they just showed you Oliver Noble's elbow as well, but I don't know what he said about that. Probably, I imagine he said he didn't touch him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, just with this McGoldrick chance, I mean, I just want to highlight um, the, the cross from Berger. Oh, oh yeah. Beautiful. Uh, you know, just... I think it's just like a first time. Oh yeah, he has a little touch to control it, but then he, no, actually, it's a first time because um, good play from Baldock like brings a couple of defenders to him and then yeah lays it off to Berger, who just slams this cross. I mean, it's one of them that so many times you see players like and you just think just put it in put it in the corridor if you like. And, yeah, yeah. And you know, it just hits the first defender or goes straight into the keeper's arm, but he just fizzes that across. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, a couple of players could have tapped it in. Obviously, gets recycled to McGoldrick who. I don't say snatches it. I think he does the right thing in hitting it first time on his left foot. He has to do that. I would disappoint me, Andy Inchcliffe, actually, again, saying, oh, he's, you tell his confidence is not not right, he's swanked and all that. What do you want him to do? Yeah, no, I think it's it's good because uh, uh, Larice kind of gives it the, like, oh, I've left that, you know, I knew it was going wide. But mm. I think, actually, if that's in, on target, I don't think he's getting near it just because how quickly McGoldrick mm. takes it. Um, yeah, with, with Berger, I mean, he, he tried... I don't know if you remember, <clears throat> excuse me, in the first half he tried a similar kind of ball. It went out for a throw-in on the far side, remember that? Yeah. Like he tried to sort of fizz it across and uh, yeah, got it completely wrong. But yeah, absolutely nailed nailed the ball here. And yeah, we saw later later on in the game as well his, his ability to kind of play that cool, uh, cut back. Um, did you notice that the whoever was responsible for the crowd noise thought McGoldrick had scored as well? I did. I didn't notice that until. So to be honest, I watched, I've got uh, me and my superstitions again. I uh, because the only time I've watched about crowd noise was the Villa game, which we didn't lose. So I went back to no crowd noise. So I didn't notice it at the time, but <laughs> I noticed it on match of the day after. Yeah, it was uh, it was a bit strange, but I, I did think he'd scored myself. Just uh, I thought that was the moment, but never mind. Um, Musse comes on for McGoldrick uh, in 63 minutes. And, um, yeah, a few minutes later, he's making it 2-0 to the Blaze. Six minutes later, in fact. And I've got to say, this was such a good team move. You know, I said the first one was, was really good as well. But I just thought everything about this was really, really nice. You know, McBurney, who uh, we'll, we'll drill into a little bit in, uh, in a few minutes, no doubt. But... A great bit of hold-up play for him. You know, he, he sort of uh, he carries it, he wins it on halfway, carries it forward a little bit, realises there's no... I was sort of screaming at Musa like, get go, you should be like full yeah. sprint, full sprint at this point and, you know, on the shoulder of the last defender, but it wasn't on for him. So McBurney like holds it up, holds off a couple of challenges, swings a good ball out to the left-hand side um, to Stevens, 
And then, yeah, he links up with Osborne. Uh, nobody tracks Stevens as he goes to the box. Box gets the byline, pulls it back, and Musa knocks it into the goal. And it was just, like, again, you know, such a Sheffield United goal. It was yeah, absolute, yeah. absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it was um, abysmal defending. <laughs> it was. And, and this is... So I was getting a bit annoyed with, um, you know, I felt like the the sort of Spurs bad defending was being a bit overplayed. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. definitely think this goal is a bit like, whoa. I think this is the one goal out of the three where you're thinking, if this, I, I, oh, it was just dreadful. It was actually funny, I, I didn't put it in the view, Frank, so I only saw it after, but someone said we made Oliver McBurney, Oliver McBurney, as he was called. Uh, Oliver McBurney uh, looked like peak Perlo. <laughs> 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 oh, he kind of did, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's Sissoko doesn't really bother to track Osborne. Uh, Aurier doesn't track Stevens, even though it's like the most obvious run ever. That is, you know, if you if you watch Sheffield United ever, basically, you know that as soon as Stevens plays that pass, he's going to be going himself into the box, mm. and then um, Dyer is just like stood there with uh, with Musa behind him, and Musa just knocks it into the goal. I mean, yeah, I don't think Dyer is a good defender at all, but. Uh, he was left looking like a mug there. I mean, I was trying to think if, you know, the way that we flood the box and we get players in strange positions, like if that kind of confused the defence a little bit, but I think mm. it's just, I just think it's, that's like, I mean, that's just mentally terrible from them. Like like I said, if you've watched us at all this season, there was nothing unusual about what we did no. there. That, that no. is how we score goals. We play for the tap-in. And, I'm glad uh, Stephen's got his assist as well because I, I yeah. don't think he raised best again. To be fair, I think he was arguably the, the the weakest link, if you like. But I think he was still he was definitely better than he has been, though. Yeah, first half still I thought he was yeah still a little bit all over the place. I I mean I think you mentioned this last time, didn't you? That we we seem to be like a little bit committed to like letting these players play through it and like play themselves mm. back into form. Um, I mean, we'll never know, I suppose, with uh, with with Luke Freeman's injury. That meant Osborne had to go into the middle. So yeah, yeah. Maybe that hadn't, you know, maybe I'm just guessing here. Maybe Osborne was in line to uh, play left yeah. wing back in this game. I still, love, I'm hoping that assist and obviously the win and everything gets his confidence levels back up because I still think you were a bit out of sorts to be honest yesterday. Yeah, indeed. I mean, it's you know, just generally, I think it was like I just feel like everybody who's had a little bit of uh, OTT criticism did something really, really good in this game. Mm, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Moussa, you know, uh, he hasn't scored for quite a long time. There's obviously, um, you know, he had some uh, personal circumstances that meant, you know, it was a difficult few months for him around Christmas. Um, but, you know, there, there have been question marks about his ability to stay fit, which is entirely yeah. legitimate. You know, he gets, he has had a lot of injuries. He's it, All season, he's not been able to, you know, play 90 minutes very often at all. Uh, McBurney's had some ridiculous criticism, frankly, um, and he was magnificent yesterday. Uh, we also got Berger, obviously. You know, people have been disappointed with how he's looked, even though, to be honest, it's kind of exactly how I thought he'd look the first. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, first six, seven games, whatever well, it was. I think was. we said that when he first signed, didn't we? To be fair, we were looking more at next season for him rather than this season, and this is almost like a new season in a weird way. Uh, yeah. You know, so yeah, I thought he looked absolutely knackered at the end, which is. A good thing because that's the first yeah. nine minutes is completed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a good one, as you say. Stevens obviously gets that assist as well. So it's like everybody who's had some, like I don't know, doubts cast over them a little bit. Mm. Uh, not particularly from this podcast, uh, I, I will say. Yeah. Um, you know, they all kind of put their hand up and did something yesterday. So yeah, it's just uh, it was one of those like almost perfect performances in terms of like. You know, I'm personally happy for all the players who've done good things in this game. Like, 
you know they've, they've answered their critics I think and yeah as bad as the defending was for that uh, that Mousse goal you know we still had to carve through them with good movement and good passing didn't we it wasn't like you know we're just slinging it into the box and hoping for the best it was you know controlled mm. pass controlled pass controlled pass controlled finish like just lovely lovely stuff and then yeah I think the McBurney goal is just the icing on the cake for me to be honest I mean I thought this was I mean I thought against Arsenal that was one of his best performances for yeah. us but I think yesterday just um just I think that's probably it. his best performance of the season yeah exactly that um everything was fantastic for him you know he was he absolutely bullied Dyer in the air I think it was uh when I write this down yeah he was uh Dyer only won seven out of fifteen aerial duels, which is is super low for a centre back. Like yeah. if somebody's challenging challenging you in the air that often, you should be winning a lot more of them. But Bernie won twelve. And he's, he's another one who looked absolutely shattered at the end. And again, and I mean that in a good way. Like in, mm. in the the effort being put in and everything. It, it, it'd be interesting to see if he plays on Sunday actually, because he did look knackered and he played the full ninety minutes. And you yeah. wonder whether his style up against Burnley's big lads is the best option. But we'll see, obviously. But excellent performance. Yeah, and, and you know it wasn't just—it's not just the like the target man type of thing because we kind of said, didn't we? Like, oh, we, you know, there's been games where McBurney has been bullied physically yeah, this yeah, season, yeah. and you know, I think Spurs are a—I know I sort of badmouth their defense at the start, but I do think their defense is better than Arsenal's, for example. So yeah, yeah, I was yeah. expecting him to have a much less less impact in this. They're a very game, physical but... side in terms of the, when he comes deep as well. Soselko's mm. huge, isn't he? and you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just everything about his game was brilliant. I was so pleased that he actually did get a goal because he absolutely deserves it. You know, he, he doesn't get he doesn't get many chances, does he? I mean, I'll, uh, I had this uh, in front of me earlier, but he's only. I mean, he must. He, I think he's played the most minutes of our strikers mm. this season, but his his actual expected goals is just over seven. So we yeah. he's not had chances put on a plate for him all season at all. It, it does annoy me a little bit this when people sort of criticise the, the strikers to the degree. I know they're not sort of twenty year, twenty goal a season strikers, but it's, for most of them, it's the first season at this level, and they're not getting chance after chance after chance after chance, and they're in and out of the team and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, I think I think McGoldrick's a brilliant example of how this team. I think we should probably look a little bit less at how many goals the the strikers have scored and what what they're bringing. Yeah, because it's indeed. unlikely to get a 20, 20 goal a season striker uh, for a, a mid-table Premiership club and below. Yeah, I guess, I guess the challenge is: can we get a couple of ten goal yeah, seasons? Yeah, and, and then you know, then I think we'll be really cooking on gas because the defense is is clearly very good. I mean, probably yeah. n- not to jump ahead to next season, but it probably will take a bit of a step back next season. As in, I don't expect us to have the second no, best defense no, in the no. league. And yeah, don't get me wrong. I do think we need to improve in that area, but I think there's a lot of the criticism for me is a little bit too harsh on the strikers. I think they've yeah. all added this season in different ways. They might have not got twenty. They probably what well, they got twenty goals between them, aren't they? Which sounds like a not not amazing or anything like that, but. You know, I, I think they've all chipped in in some way to to be effective this year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look with the you know when I say McBurney's not had many chances like put on a plate for him. You know, there is a, there is a skill in in getting chances. I mean, we we have yeah. the best best possible example of that at our club with Billy Sharp. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the same time, like I almost couldn't care how many goals our strikers score as long as the team score. And that's basically how we were through the first part of the season. But it is obviously, it's always nice when your couple of your forwards do indeed get on the score sheet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Bernie, I mean, you know, he was he was dropping back to defend quite a bit as well. When, you know, him and McGoldrick were almost taking it in turns mm. to um, 
like drop back on the counter attack if you like. I think and long term that could be McBurney's role, you know. Like I think we're, we're almost trying to mould him into the the new McGoldrick to a degree. Yeah. In terms of like he can play off the the the, the main striker and come back defend, you know, and help out in the midfield. Yeah, that that front two looked really good actually. As in, you know, it wasn't like devastatingly dangerous, but I thought the the link up between them was really good. You know, like whenever whenever one sort of dropped in, the other one went forward, and yeah. I don't know, it was sort of one of those like perfect balances where they're not too close to each other that they're like getting in each other's way, which I think is a is a legitimate concern with McGoldrick and McBurney because yeah, as you kind of touched on there, you know, they do play in a slightly similar way, I think. Mm. Um, but equally, they're not like miles apart. So McBurney's flicking it onto 40 yeah. yards of empty space. And we've seen it before where it's not really worked that combination, I think, uh, where it's not quite click. But I think yesterday and against Arsenal, it, it looked a lot better. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, just to, just to kind of tick off this goal, because it was another lovely move. I mean, uh, Baldock kind of drives into that space down the right. He, he waits and draws a couple of defenders to him, flicks it past them, and then... Uh, yeah, Berger sends Son into the stands. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, you know, it wasn't like he's, because uh, the thing with Berger, I don't think, it's not like a you know, not like a player's going to sort of drop his shoulder and like dribble past a couple of people. It wasn't like a ridiculous bit of skill, but do you know what it reminded me of actually? And this is, maybe this is a dumb comparison, but um, it reminded me of Che Adams' equaliser against Spurs in the, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. just the way that uh, Jamie Murphy uh, he basically just sits Eric Dyer down in that game. He doesn't like do anything. He just waits for him to kind of commit himself, lets him go past, and then crosses it. And Adams ends I up think scoring. He's a really clever footballer, Berger. I think we're seeing that now. I don't think he's explosive as such. You know, he's not a. I don't see him as lack of, for instance, just example Sissoko or anyone like that. You know, who's mm. up and down and stuff. I think, like as you said, he, what he's brilliant at is he does wait. He's, he's so comfortable on the ball and so calm on the ball, almost too calm maybe at the moment. Some might say, and I, I understand that. But I think he does wait for people to make mistakes. He's very sure about his his passing and his and his movement, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, Charles Gray on Twitter described him as a graceful tank, which I really liked. I saw that. That's a fantastic, absolutely beautiful metaphor. Yeah, and uh, you know, you combine that with the Norwegian Pogba as you uh, dubbed Norwegian him last Pogba. week. Misquoted, but you know, I'll take that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to stick with it now. I'm afraid. I'll stick with it, but if he starts playing rubbish, I'm going to say I never said that. I never. <laughs> Go back and listen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Berger just lets Son essentially run past him, and then. You know, again, this is you see so often that these cutbacks just get cut out, but he just he just passes it hard and low to McBurney, who yeah. slots it into the net. Like it's, it seems like a, an easy goal almost, but it's so many times you see players mess that up, but he really fires it into McBurney's feet. Very different, and, by the way. I've just had this memory back of the first half where he was in a similar position, but at the other end, obviously, and he blasted it so high. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, that's sort of what I was talking about earlier. Yeah, and it goes out for a throw in. Oh, sorry, is that the one you were on about? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. yeah. Um, but, that's just, as you were talking, that's just flashed into my mind, that like, that image now. <laughs> um, yeah, and McBurney, uh, McBurney slams it into the net, and yeah, just... Uh, Cherry on the cake for that performance, I think. Um, Spurs did get a goal back right at the death. Uh, good, good bit of play from them. Lamella to Son to Kane. He knocks it in on the line. You know, actually Berger was the one who kind of switched off a little bit for that, and I think he got a bit of an earful, earful from Baldock for it as well, didn't he? But yeah, he did. He oh did. Well. 
we we potted, uh, pointed that out straight away. It's like Bollock's going mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Kane gets his goal against us, but uh, yeah, if, if he's going to break that uh, that duck against us as the only Premier League time not to score against side not to score against, then uh, the VAR stuff on that were amazing as well. I thought this was going to get disallowed. <laughs> Yeah, for uh, the checking that Son, right? I think it was Son. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. know to be honest. He was like, it was going to VAR, and I'm like, oh my god, it's going to get this loud. Tottenham are going to be furious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost glad I got given in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was. I mean, <laughs> I think if that had come five minutes earlier, I might have had a like a little bit of a panic. But obviously, in injury time, and only I did four say, minutes. Remember Villa, and never shut up. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a uh, I'm in a group chat with a load of. Uh, Unfortunately, no Spurs fans. It's all it's all Arsenal oh. and Man U fans. So they've obviously been giving me an earful for the last uh, the last couple of My games. My manager's a Spurs fan. I'm looking forward to going back to work today. Actually, <laughs> yeah, because I was uh, when, I th- when we scored the third goal, I was like, "How come there's no Spurs fans in this group? What on earth's <laughs> going on?" And then and then Kane scored immediately, and I was like cursing myself for. Because like, I almost never pick up my phone during a game. Um, I was like, oh, God, what have I done? Yeah. Fortunately, uh, fortunately, never in doubt, and we saw it out pretty easily. Yeah. A little bit of a t- Lo Celso seemed to be trying to start a fight with everyone in the last few minutes. Yeah, I mean, Bernie gave a... Were it him who Bernie gave a shove to? Yeah, I, you know what? I'm surprised that we didn't see a replay of that, because it really looked like Lo Celso... Uh, if not stamped on him, then certainly brought his leg down on McBurney's calf in a slightly forceful mm. fashion. Um, I thought we were going to see a VAR check for that, to be honest. Um, well, Sanchez but... were losing his, uh, losing himself as well, weren't he? When uh, Moussa got oh, in front Moussa, of him, yeah. he wanted a, th- wanted a throw. But I suppose it's understandable. You're losing three 0 and stuff. You know, you're going to be uh, very, very irate with what's happening. Yeah, yeah, that was good from Moussa actually. Um, yeah, I think he was only on the pitch for like half an hour, and he had the joint most fouls won Moussa. So. Mm. Kind of did what we needed him to do, really, in terms of taking uh, taking the pressure off. Let us take a very quick break to bring you a message from one of our sponsors. Do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch-up? Then look no further than Glistening Kicks, a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers, and trainers. Glistening Kicks will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes and midsoles a deep clean, and they can also touch up any scuffs and imperfections. If you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. Whether it's a pair of designer shoes or a well-loved and much-worn set of favourite trainers, Glistening Kicks offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. If you are further afield, they also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast and reliable courier service, so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Should also mention that Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans, and they've recently started offering a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers, or if you have a Wednesday fan in your life that you think needs cheering up, and that is basically all of them at this point, then the Wednesday logo is also available. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair, Give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. Now back to the podcast. And yeah, I just thought it was such a, a great performance. I mean, do you want to do you want to pick out a few a few individuals, maybe that anything that we've not uh, not addressed so far? Well, obviously we talked about Ber- uh, Berger and um, Burnay. I think we've got to mention Osborne, haven't we? I think we have to. And I'm going to say, if we're going to talk about Ben Osborne. It's time for everybody to spell his name correctly. It is yeah. O S B O R N. 
There's no U, there's no E. Nice and <laughs> it's simple. It's easy, it's really As easy. It sounds Osborne. Nice I do and see easy. why people get mixed up though, because I've never known an Osborne spelt like that, I don't think. It's true, and I, I may have misspelled his name. <laughs> um but I mean, yeah, first first Premier League start for him. Obviously, as I said, in the position that he was not really brought in to do. No. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I mean, I I, I would pick McBurney as my man of the match, I yeah. think. But yeah, I go with that. You know, if you factor in the circumstances of essentially being called up last minute to to drop into midfield, and it, you know, it's one of them. It's, it's, it just feels like a classic Wilder signing of like he's just sat on the sidelines all season. You know, he's he's played in the cups. He's had a few minutes here and there. Yeah. But he's never complained. He's been very positive, um, you know, in interviews and stuff like that. And he comes in, and he was absolutely yeah. brilliant. I thought first thing in his half an hour, he was diving in a little bit, and you know, not quite getting to the speed of the game, which is so understandable. It's his first start. It's not his first start in ages. It's his first, literally, his first start at Premier League level. Yeah. So I understood that. I thought that, but I thought second half. Do you remind me of? And, and people might think this is a disparaging comment, but Montgomery. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah, just like not never, he's never a say die. He's better, yeah, technically he's better. Just the work rate, getting up and down, and sort of diving in challenges. And you, I said, like when he first started, like I said uh, when, when we first uh, saw the team, that I, I'm happy with him being in because I know for a fact he'll give us that work rate at least. You know, we're not going to get sort of uh, at, uh, outworked in that midfield with Osborne in there. Um, and I just thought we're really sort of that. That sort of tenaciousness and work rate that Montgomery gave you, but skill as well, you know, I think yeah. uh, really, really, really good. I'm not that surprised, to be honest, that his performance was decent. Yeah, some uh, some stats for you. Uh, most chances created for the Blades, which was actually a joint most on the pitch. Uh, most attacking third passes, the joint most ball recoveries, joint most tackles, second most interceptions. All action performance yeah. from him on his uh, on his full day full league debut. Yeah, I know what you mean with Montgomery. It was he, you know, I think there was a period in it might be when we were tuning a lot, but it's just like he was he was everywhere. Yeah. Like he slides into a tackle on the right hand channel, then he's like clearing it on the left side, then he's suddenly picking up a pass from McBurney in there off. You're like, look at this guy go! Like this yeah. is amazing. I mean, I think yeah. he's more comfortable on the ball than Montgomery. I don't think he's really like Montgomery oh, as yeah, a player, absolutely. but that performance reminded me of Montgomery. Yeah, where he's just yeah popping up everywhere. But yeah, and you know, and then you look at. You look at the midfield he was up against. I mean, Sissoko's excellent. Mm. I'm not sure about Lacelso, to be honest. I think he's, he's, yeah. he's good, not great. Uh, and then I guess you've got like Moore and stuff going. And then Lamella comes uh, on, which is not a bad sub, is it? No, not exactly. Um, Deli Alley, even who. Yeah, and, Dom, and Dombele as well goes into yeah, midfield, yeah. and he's, you know, he's. Spurs a, fans were uh, furious about Ndombele after the game because he posted something with a laughing emoji, and everyone were like, "How dare you do this? <laughs> you just lost." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it wasn't you know it wasn't like a cakewalk midfield for him to play against. Not, not at all. Um, yeah, he was uh, he was excellent. Really, just uh, I don't know. It's, it's like I said, there's so many things that make me happy about yesterday, but little things like that. And there's that little extra strand of like here he is. It's his first ever start in the Premier League, and he was yeah. fantastic. Really great performance from him. Um, yeah. I mean, perhaps we shouldn't have doubted him because this is a man who threw a coffee jug over his own house, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you, did you see that? About that, yeah, of course. Yeah. I read books, so, you know, he's... He does read books, yes. He is an intelligent footballer. Um, <laughs> yeah, if, if anyone has no idea what I'm talking about, he, uh, uh, as part of his sort of lockdown challenge, he, he threw a coffee jug over his own house and challenged, I think, Joe Lolly to, to do the same. So, 
Yeah, we yeah. should have known. We should have known we got a player there because who amongst us can can throw a coffee jug <laughs> over their own house? Yeah, good effort. Um, yeah, it talks about McBurney. Talks about Berger. I did think Egan was. We yeah. mentioned it already, but he was absolutely everywhere. There was a period in the second half where I think in the space of about five minutes, he basically stopped three counter attacks himself just by reading it fantastically and yeah. just intercepting the pass really good and this is what he wasn't doing in the opening couple of games I think he didn't yes. read the game as well as he has been and I, I wasn't worried ever because he's been brilliant all season while all of a sudden we turn rubbish but it, obviously just a bit of rust in us and now he's back on it yeah yeah absolutely uh, Moose a good cameo you know Wilder kind of hinted um, you know we need to see more of that from yeah. him so that was a bit of a bit of a throwing down of the gauntlet I think which is you know, an approach that has definitely worked uh, with with lots of players so far. So yeah, yeah but obviously I, I said nice all the way through when he came on. I said he, he's so frustrating, Musa, because he's we've said it so many times, but he literally has everything, don't he? He's, he's he's so strong, fast, everything. He's a good finisher, everything you want, and, he, and he's, he's got finisher. good reactions as a finisher as well. You know, and gets into decent positions, and it, it's just, oh, if you could just. Oh, shake him. <laughs> yeah, if he could just stay fit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, I mean, I, I, I do think McGoldrick McBurney is is very good. That's looked great the last yeah. couple of games, but I would have loved to have seen a few more 90 minutes out of Moussa because, yeah, he's, he's so exciting, as you say. But I play I do him think... on, on, we'll come on to it, obviously. I play him on Sunday, I think, maybe. Because I, I don't yeah, think we're well... going to get much joy with the, higher balls against Burnley, but in behind, you know, that could be the... Yeah, potentially. Um, I like what I saw though. He, he played smart in this game, you know, got in good positions. But you know that that one you mentioned that uh, kind of ticked off Sanchez. I mean, that was just really smart game management by him to like, I'm, I'm just going to get my shoulder in front of you, and yeah. you're going to have to foul me. Like, yeah. you either foul me or I get the ball. So yeah, it was uh, it was good from him. Um, are you are you ready to to move on to your alternative man I am, of the match? I am indeed. Yeah. Excellent. So brought to you by the Denblades fanzine. We've obviously highlighted several players deserving a ton of praise there, who I'm sure are getting a lot of praise from all the Blades fans out there. This award is going to uh, pick out someone who maybe isn't getting the limelight that it deserves. Who do you uh, who do you want to go for? <laughs> well, he does get the limelight. I've got for uh, Jose Mourinho. Ah, I think we're going to agree here. So go yeah. on. Yeah, we're going to go Michael Oliver for his uh, <laughs> for his uh, VAR decision. To be fair, maybe he felt a little bit sorry for us after everything that happened uh, the Villa yeah. match. But um, but yeah, I think that um, I've got to go Jose. I thought that I thought his interview overall, not just the obviously, I'm presuming most people have seen it where he comes and sort of congratulates Wilder halfway through Wilder's interview. Uh, which is re- a really good torch. But I heard his like, full match interview, and, and obviously we're sort of complaining about the. People said he was furious. I know, I've seen him worse than that before. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, yeah. Go on, sorry. Yeah, and, and people said, like, I mean, I've just like, listened to talk sport before, and they're like, oh, Jose Mourinho ranted at the officials. And I, I don't think he did. I heard his like, full match interview, and he did actually say, let's not let's not pretend though that that decision was the reason that we lost Sheffield United were far better and I thought I mean that's yeah. quite unlike Mourinho a lot of the time you know um, yeah. and I thought his, his, his after match interview were really good really respectful he's been respectful about us all season even in the first premiership season in fact mm. said a lot of yeah. nice things about us and I've always liked I think football's better for Mourinho just as a character maybe not his football but <laughs> yeah I think he's yeah, I've always liked him as well. To be honest, I do think his um, I think his ability as a manager has probably declined, or perhaps yeah, the game the has moved, moved on yeah. somewhat. Um, but yeah, you're, yeah, that that interview where he just uh, so Wilder's talking to Radio Sheffield or whatever, and he, and um, 
it just it basically excuses himself, Mourinho, and like I'm sorry for interrupting, but I think he I think he says like we have to get off or something, and mm-hmm. you know, basically wanted to say congrats and yeah and. Wilder was very visibly moved by that, wasn't it? it was, you know, you yeah. Could, yeah, you could it, tell as uh, yeah as the interview went on. So yeah, and obviously has a lot of respect for Mourinho as well and what he's and achieved Mourinho and stuff. Praises as a pundit, didn't I? I do like his punditry a lot, Mourinho. When going around mm. Sky Sports for a little bit, um, and he praises a lot uh, when everyone else were talking. I mean, there were a discussion about who's been the best side, and you get your all your obvious, you know, sooner saying Liverpool and blah blah blah. And he was the only one who mentioned us, and I think he does have genuine respect, and I think he. I said to a friend actually last night that I think that he, he will admire the organisation of of us, Sheffield United, and the way that because that's what he's all about, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, uh, oh god, I can't remember where this. In fact, was it in the view from that somebody Wait, someone said? someone said he, he, he uh, Wilder is better better than Mourinho at being Mourinho. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it was a you know from us, it, it was a very Mourinho, yeah. like old school Mourinho performance of like incredible discipline at the back. You know, you shall not pass type defending for you know mm. total commitment from commitment from everyone, and then breaking with a lot of quality and scoring goals. I you know, think we've... he has genuine genuine respect for Wilder and genuine respect for the for the team and how they play because it's sort of a lot of it. People people might say think this is like we're saying United are negative or something like that, but that Chelsea team that he won the league with. That wasn't a negative team. They were defensively solid, but they were really good they're as well. Incredible defensive, yeah, they're incredible defensively and really good going forward as well. And, yeah. I, and I think that's what he sort of sees in us. Obviously, not to the level of Chelsea, but I think he does see that right. That they've got a plan here, and this is this is why they're doing so well. And yeah, I have massive respect to him for for not losing it last night as much as he usually does. To be fair, yeah, indeed. But yeah, that's kind of what Wilder said, isn't it? It's like you know, he's, he's just lost three one. It's been on the end of a. Uh, I can't remember exactly how I described it, but a ridiculous, yeah, ridiculous decision. Yeah. And you know, he still wants to come up and you know say that. Like that is, yeah, good, uh, good job, Jose. I was, uh, I did enjoy that. And My favourite, the... I was there, line is once when they it lost to Fulham. I think it was Fulham. And he come on and he goes, uh, "I was, what you think of Because they win, they do not deserve." <laughs> <laughs> it's like straight off, love that. <laughs> yeah, and well, just this is only uh, it's a bit of a, a tangent, I suppose, but I do want to just bring this up. So. This was reported afterwards, Mourinho, critical of his players' mental strength. He said, uh, quote, you have to be ready to cope with negative moments and go to the last minute. Now I know more the profile of my players. I felt it. I feared that in the second half, we wouldn't be strong enough to cope. Now, Mm. I've seen a lot. He's got a lot of pellers for that. But I've got to say, I read that and I was like, Wilder said worse than that. It's probably said worse than that last couple of weeks. I mean, if Wilder had said it, it'd have been called a dinosaur manager, wouldn't it? Well, he would he would have been by uh, outside uh, sources, I suppose. But I think I wouldn't have blinked if Wilder had said that. Bottles, no, because I, he has said it. I saw Gary Lineker say, "Oh, he's already throwing his players under the bus." Well, they've just played absolutely. Well. What do you want him to do? Brilliant, fantastic yeah. today. I was thinking about this, and I, I guess the difference is uh, Wilder over a period of time has kind of built up this culture of accountability, hasn't he? About yeah. us, whereas. You can question whether Mourinho has done that, either you know whether he's had the time to do it or whether he has the ability or indeed the players to do it. But you know, I, get, I don't know. I I can see why uh, some people would be cheesed off at, them, at him saying that. But I'm with you. I, th- I think like you know that's that's kind of nakedly honest, I suppose. And, yeah. Yeah. It's. I've uh, heard him to say that as our manager than Nigel Atkins, for instance, saying. 
the lads yeah. did everything fantastic. So well, they clearly didn't, you know. I, I think I do think Tottenham's mental strength's been an issue for a while, and let's be honest. Other than last season under Poch, I mean Pochettino team really good, uh, obviously, but that lost its way obviously at the beginning of this season. Got mm. a difficult job, Mourinho, and I, I don't know if he is the man for it. I don't know if football's moved on, like he said, or or whatever. But I don't think he's. I don't. I don't think this is his team. I don't think he's doing that much wrong at this particular moment. Yeah, it's it's not his team. You're right. It's uh, yeah, he's inherited a team that was declining pretty badly for one reason or one reason or another. And uh, yeah, he's not really turned him round. But I do have uh, I do have a bit of sympathy, particularly with criticism of that statement for sure. Um, oh, there was something else I wanted to say about. Oh yeah, that was he just returning to sort of Wilder Mourinho mutual respect um for some reason a lot of uh football analytics types that i follow particularly american ones actually um are spurs fans no so um i don't know why spurs seems so to be huge it, is a bit does is there some link between the nfl and spurs because there were a lot of comments on the yeah. Tottenham board that didn't include sort of saying oh we should do uh something along the lines of maybe we should concentrate on the nfl rather than this <laughs> well they have uh, they play some NFL regular season games at Tottenham Stadium. Is that all right? it is? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm quite confused. So. There were a lot of mention of the NFL basically on the uh, right on the, on the board, but okay. But um, yeah. So anyway, you know, a load of those people were just like, you know, just basically saying like Sheffield United are just so ridiculously well managed, and um, yeah, I think that's you know, it's it, it is a reminder of like, I think yesterday uh, that that game is kind of why. I'm not remotely worried about next season because, of course, we don't have players of the technical quality of Son, Kane, Mora, but we are absurdly well managed, mm. and our players are incredibly well disciplined and you know receptive to that management, and they will work their backsides off, and we do play in a way that gets the most out of them. So, agree. Yeah, and yeah, I also think that people have obviously said, you know, they're going to be the next Hull, the next Huddersfield, and all this sort of stuff. Hull and Huddersfield had a good start and then finished fourth from bottom, fifth from bottom on the first season. We're not doing that at all. We've had two, we've had two bad results in the league, basically. Yeah, and everyone's sort of written us off as like, that's it, they've done, they've shot the load, you know, that's that. So yeah, there's there's currently no evidence to me at all that um, there's anything to worry about next season. And yeah. I say two bad results, by the way. Newcastle are all suddenly the best team in Europe. So. <laughs> Yeah, and you know it was nil nil till we went down to ten men and gave him a goal, and then Man United. Oh look, it turns out they're actually really, really good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I and, mean, but I don't uh, think we were at his best in the Man United game or anything like that. But I think if we were, we'd be lose that anyway. So yes, indeed. Um, so my alternative man of the match nominee. I mean, I did want to say uh, I was tempted to say everyone who didn't panic about three bad performances, <laughs> but um, no, I'm not. I'm not that smug. So yeah, I also I also had uh, Jose. I like the uh, I like the hashtag classy touch of um coming up to wilder afterwards so uh yeah he is uh, he is the winner of the Demblaze alternative man of the match for this week congratulations jose i hope that's uh, some <laughs> consolation for your team getting a bit of a hammering yesterday uh, do not forget to check out and pick up your copy of the fanzine at demblades.co.uk Right, that was enjoyable. How long have we talked about Spurs there? It must be like an hour or something, right? About an hour on Spurs, something like that. But we don't, we yeah. don't win that often these days. We haven't won for about three months. So. <laughs> no, well, more than almost four months, in fact. So, uh, yeah, very enjoyable. Yeah. Any final final thoughts on uh, on the Tottenham game before we move on? No, I was really delighted just simply because I thought we were getting back to it at Arsenal. I thought that were a proper United performance. And I think it just, even if, you know, we don't win again for the rest of the season, for, you know, people saying, where's the next win coming from? I think... The reason we might sort of struggle in the next six games or whatever for me is the injuries, which I don't know if you want to talk about them, but 
Yeah, well, we can quickly mention them. Yeah, so Fleck, obviously, a surprise exclusion. It turns out he's injured for at least a couple of weeks. Luke Freeman, the same. Lundstrom, the same. And, yeah, we kind of touched on it earlier, haven't we? I mean, the squad depth is... It's not there for us at all. Um, it's not. It's not at all. And I think those three being out for two weeks is essentially pretty much the entire season, isn't it? It's not far off, yeah. What's, uh, I don't actually know how long time-wise we have left. When is the last game? It's on the 26th. So, yeah, three weeks left of the season, basically. So, mm. yeah, you know, you factor slow, maybe slowly integrating them back or maybe we just maybe we just decide it's not actually worth yeah. playing Fleck if he's got a... Uh, an injury, you know, there's nothing really to to gain or lose by leaving him out. So can we recall <clears throat> Robinson or Morrison even? I don't know if it's too late now. I mean, I haven't seen an I haven't seen any official thing. Uh, Morrison's contract has expired, hasn't it? Um, oh, of course, yes, course it were a year. Um, yes, yeah, so he'll have gone. Yeah, yeah. I did so wonder with Callum Robinson. I mean, he was on the bench against um, Brentford the other week. Uh, yeah, and they started against Wednesday, didn't he? I think. Yeah, he played really oh, well by all accounts. I listened to the Wednesday game as I was watching the Chelsea match, and he sounded like I think Mike McCarthy was saying that the difference between Colin Robinson when he played for us, he had his back to goal. Mm. With West Brom, he, he's running into space every time. You know, they, they play on the break quite a lot, don't they, West Brom? So, yeah, I mean, as it happens uh, in attack, we we haven't yeah. really suffered too much because yeah McBurney McGoldrick Moose <clears throat> excuse me Sharp is all, all there Zivkovic as well I guess we're still yeah, even Leon as Leon yeah, yeah. Oh, where's Leon man? I want to say is, did he sign do we know if he signed a contract to the end or yeah he's, he's, he was uh, yeah he's extended his contract to the end of this season um, he must be injured as well then yeah that always mind games <laughs> bringing him in for the Burnley game you didn't expect yeah, that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um what was I going to say? Oh yeah, just just finally on Spurs, um, and I'll, I'll get a plug in for you here. That hey. your the view from Spurs that is a god tier view from absolutely magnificent. Just it had everything. It has the fantastic turn of phrase, the mental views, the slamming their own team, the praise for us. Beautiful. You're really good at view from Tottenham. Even, all the way back to the League Cup semi final, absolutely alert. Which some of them I can't mention on here from the League Cup ones, but. I, I, honestly, genu- I mean, obviously there's that deluded stuff. I mean, I don't really like doing the view from straight after a match because I think everyone's a bit mardy when they lose and it's understandable. I don't think you get a fair... But obviously people were badgering me to do it because we were the first win in, in ages, so I did it. But they're always a good laugh, Tottenham fans. I'll always give them that. Arsenal, very similar as well, to be fair. Very self-deprecating. Mm. And like you say, the turns of, turn of phrases and stuff that they uh, came out with, they're definitely worth a, worth a read. Yeah. You, will you be doing like a... Uh... Do you, you do like an awards thing, don't you? I like do. I do an end of season awards. Yeah, uh, quite a lot of harder things this year. I mean, a lot of arrogant teams this year, for instance, <laughs> uh, particularly pre-match and stuff like that. But yeah, Tottenham will be in the contention for the funniest fans, I think. Yeah, really good because I opened it expecting it to just be like just loads and loads of comments about the handball. Yeah. But, um, and I know obviously you've you've selected the most interesting ones. Mm. You're not a, it's not literally the view of every yeah 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 um but yeah it was uh, it's a great read so if anyone's not seen it yet do go and read roy's view from.com it's fantastic um let's talk about burnley quickly to finish off so uh I, I <laughs> in a funny way i'm like can we just have a few more days rest like uh-huh. i kind of just want to embrace this game a little bit more but obviously what we are now it's friday lunchtime and uh sunday lunchtime <laughs> we will be 20 minutes into our game with Burnley yeah at this I thought point. it was Thursday for some reason I thought it was Wednesday yesterday for some reason I'm like oh, I've got three <laughs> days breaks and a like championship but it's not is it yeah <laughs> no straight in um, 
So Burnley, uh, they, I mean, look, they they have a they got thumped by City in that first game, didn't mm. they? which is no shame in that. I mean, no. I don't know if you noticed, but the uh, the best team in the land got thumped by City. <laughs> yeah, I think City night, are which, looking amazing. Oof. at the moment. they lost to Chelsea, didn't they? Yeah, true. I could have gone either way that game actually. Their defending was a bit bit off, but um, yeah, I got, I got to say Liverpool. Uh, I think they definitely enjoyed their celebration. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I said it, you didn't know someone found up talk sport, Liverpool fans saying want a clop gone, so it's not just our fans who overreact. <laughs> Unbelievable. I was a little surprised at that, you know. Like, uh, no, obviously I'm surprised that a Liverpool fan wanted, uh, wanted clop to go. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, that, um, Liverpool could have a big say in the relegation picture. Mm. Uh, and I think if you are a fan of a team who is about to play Liverpool, you probably look at last night and be like, oh, They've got Villa next, haven't they? I don't think Klopp will let them yeah. play with that twice in a row, personally. But we'll... Surely not. But then at the same time, like you would think, you would think you'd be like, lads, I don't want to go to Man City and get stuffed four no. nil. Uh, and you know, it could easily have been eight yeah. to be honest, because yeah. it really could. They got absolutely run ragged in that game. But yeah. um, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, going off on a tangent. Now, as it happens, Burnley are a team that do play uh, Liverpool, but they. They got thumped by City, uh, then they've had, you know, quite, uh, they've got quite a nice run in, as I said. They had Watford and Palace, they both won both those games 1 0. They've still got Brighton, West Ham, and Norwich to come. So it's it's quite a comfy end to the season for them, I think. And, yeah. you know, t- to be honest, I've said this before we start recording, but I think it's, it's it's not unlikely that they finish above us, to be honest. Just no. with the, the one thing I will say about Burnley is they're probably struggling with injuries. There's only odds, I think, who can match them in terms of the injury from. Yes, there is a lot of off-field stuff going on with them at the moment. You know, they got the, the stuff over some of their players not signing new contracts. So Jeff Hendricks was the sort of most uh, public one on that, and I think he, he is indeed leaving. He's, he's certainly not in the squad. Um, Deitch has obviously been making some unhappy noises about how long that's taking to get resolved and the actual outcome of it. So there's suddenly, <clears throat> I think for the probably, I mean, I haven't followed Burnley too closely in the last six, seven years, but... I think for the first time, some noises about Deitch potentially, you know, not being happy there and yeah. wanting to, I don't know, test the waters a little bit of, of somewhere else. But I don't know if he is just if he is just testing the waters in terms of like, uh, I don't know, trying to trying to re-exert his authority a little bit, kind of like Wilder's done a few times with some of yeah. his, you know, the public public noises he's made, I suppose. So we'll see about that. My, my hunch is, it, you know, all comes out in the washes. He's still their manager next yeah, season. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, he's done a press dramatic. conference just now, actually. I've just been searching Twitter. And um, he said, Sean Dyche confirms that Johan Berg Goodmanson, is that right? Goodmanson. Similar, yeah. Goodmanson, yeah. Whatever. yeah. Uh, he, he could be involved against Sheffield United. Jay Rodriguez also back in training and being assessed. But Matt Lowton misses out, uh, along with uh, Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood. Robbie Brady, maybe. And then also a doubt over Jack Cork. So very much yeah. in a similar boat to us, I think, in the injury front. Yeah, I mean, even worse, I think. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, I don't want to say they're dependent on Wood and Barnes, but they've been tremendous for them this season. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they are why they're comfortably mid-table, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, so missing them, and they really are down to the bare bones. I mean, uh, you know, their, their squad is so stretched. They, like us, they only named seven subs for the last game. Mm. Two of them were goalkeepers. <laughs> Joe Hart up front. Oh, no, he's not playing anymore. He's gone, hasn't he? Joe Hart is, uh, yeah. is no longer a Burnley player, yeah. Um, and, and three of the other, three of the five outfield players on the bench were academy players. Mm. So, you know, they're even worse than us in terms of being stretched, I think. I mean, I you know, at least... a fantastic result from away at Palace, to be honest, with, with the team they had out and everything. Yeah, indeed. They're a little bit fortunate. They didn't create very much uh, at all. But, you know, it's... It's football, and yeah. you, you keep a team to nil, and you're always going to have a chance. So, 
Yeah, and ground it out against Watford. So yeah, their their squad is really stretched. I mean, they're playing Eric Peters on in a who's a left back. They're playing and not a very good one either. That no matter. They're playing him on like the left side of midfield. They got uh, Vidra pretty much up front on his own with Phil uh, Bardsley's playing. Remember him? I do remember Phil Bardsley. Yeah, he's he's going to have a fairly decent career yeah, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they they really have. I mean, I suppose they may feel they have an outside shot at Europe, but generally, I don't feel they have much to play for to be honest. And it's no. a good opportunity to go and do the double over him. You know, I mean. I would say, you know, Burnley is, you know, it's always a tough match, but I would say this is probably the easiest of our remaining fixtures. Yeah, I think on paper with the injuries they've got. But if it was a full yeah. squad Burnley, no, yes. I think that's really, really difficult. But with the, we're going into that. I mean, the good thing for them is they've had a week's break pretty much, for, which whereas we haven't. But mm. I can't think of another team I'd like to play on Sunday than Burnley just simply because of the, the injuries. We're not going to lose out by having no squad ourselves because they've got no squad. Yeah, and, you know, they, they're two, those two wins have really taken any pressure off them whatsoever. Yeah. So I feel like I have the league table somewhere on one of the, one of my many, many tabs here. Yeah. Let me just bring that up. But uh, I feel like they were, I don't know, what were they on, like 39 points a couple of weeks ago? Or maybe a week ago? Yeah, something, something like that. Like, I mean, I think they were safe and yeah, everything, think... but... But probably at the stage where you're still sort of sweating over, like, where's that? Yeah. Can we just get one more win just to make sure, like... You know, particularly then you start to look at the injuries that they have, and the you know the fact they can't name a full bench and that kind of thing. So those two wins, yeah, that takes them to forty-five points. I mean, they are. I mean, they're they're mathematically safe, barring a ridiculous. Uh, well, they they have like a plus fifteen goal difference advantage, so yeah. they're essentially mathematically safe now. Yeah. So yeah, roundabout way of saying we're playing a, a decimated team with uh, off-field problems, shall we say, or question yeah. marks. Um, who have nothing to play for. So, yeah, it's it's a good situation for us to go in. That's certainly not to say it's an automatic win, no. because uh, lest we forget, Burnley only have two points less than we do. They have had a very good season, even if from the outside it's possibly not felt like it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, a good a good situation to be playing them, for sure. So, yeah, I, you know, I would like a few more days rest, obviously, but, uh, yeah, I would say this is... Um, yeah, probably our on paper easiest game of yeah. the remainder of the season for sure. That's not to dismiss their ability because no, it will all. obviously be difficult. But yeah, looking forward to it. After uh, yeah, feel like we can all just relax a little bit more now. I mean, yeah, I was pretty relaxed out. anyway. But, yeah, and now we, um, you know, I mean, Europe's still a, a, a an outside chance, I suppose. But I think it is now. Like, let's let's keep having a look at, uh, at Osborne. Yeah, Robinson's really doing well for himself. Mm. You know, see see how McBurney kind of looks for the rest of the season. See more from Berger, and um, yeah, it should be. Uh, it's going to be an interesting end to the season, just in terms of those kinds of things. I yeah, think, so yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Really looking forward. No pressure whatsoever. Uh, I know people are still like saying, "Oh, it's a big game, Europe, and all this sort of stuff." If we don't get in Europe, it's, it's not a disaster, is it? No, hardly. I mean, if we finish 14th, it's not exactly a disaster. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> not anymore, indeed. But yeah, let's. Uh, the last two games very encouraging performance-wise, yeah. so hopefully we continue to see that for the rest of the season. And if we do, I think we'll have a an entertaining end to the season, even if the results go against us just on the strength of opposition, to be honest. So, yeah, bring it on. Any uh, any final thoughts, mate? No, I think I think we've covered it there. I think we've uh, we've done it. We've, we've we've done the win justice, hopefully. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, just checking through everything. Yeah, I think we have indeed covered it all off. So. Yeah, people should indeed go and check out RoysViewFrom.com because uh, the Spurs one is 
is tremendous. And uh, yeah, we'll be back on uh, on Monday, I guess, talking about this game with Burnley. Yeah, looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. Absolutely. Nice one, mate. Thank you very much for your time. I will uh, catch up with you later. Thank you very much, mate. Cheers. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks very much to you for listening and downloading. And finally, thank you also to Beer52, sponsor of this podcast. A reminder, Beer52 are offering a free case of their handpicked beers to BlazePod subscribers. All you need to do is head to beer52.com slash BlazePod, sign up and cover just the $4.95 for postage. They will deliver a case of eight free beers direct to your door, meaning you barely need to leave the sofa to sip delicious craft beer from around the world. And these aren't just any beers. Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries that are out there and deliver it straight to your door. They do not hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today, get your free case of craft beer. You get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the words beer and the numbers 52.com slash bladespod. 